Here we are back with another episode of Turning Point. Uh, we come to you at a time when the Indian cricket team has already exited from the T20 World Cup. Lots of talk around who takes over India's uh, T20 captaincy, ODI captaincy, and whether Virat Kohli comes back to captain India in tests or not. Already we know there is a transition that has happened in T20 cricket. Um, ODI cricket, there's still a lot of debate, but uh, selectors say that there is going to be a transition in some time. So how is the split captaincy going to work in Indian cricket? Who are the leaders uh, who should take up uh, the mantle of leading the Indian cricket team into the future? Well, I'm joined at this hour by uh, a gentleman who spent three decades in the field of cricket as a commentator, but as a profession, he does something completely different. He is the Chief of International Operations, FES, and the CEO of two-wheeler business of Mahindra's, Prakash Vakankar. Prakash, thank you very much for talking to me on this podcast. And since we have you, I have to talk to you about leadership and leadership roles that are being taken up in our Indian cricket team because, you know, everyone's concerned about what's happening to Indian cricket. First, tell us, Virat Kohli, giving up the T20 captaincy, how significant would you say that is? Arika, thank you for having me on your uh, podcast. A specific question about Virat and the significance of him stepping down. It's not something that we've seen very often in Indian cricket, have we? Where captains have given up one role at least. Uh, Mahindra Singh Dhoni, of course, did that at some point in time. But he also quit that format of the game when he gave up test captaincy. So in my mind, Virat Kohli giving up the... Uh, T20 captaincy, which is the official line at the moment, I think is significant for a variety of reasons. One, uh, was he nudged towards that? My own gut feeling is he probably was. Uh, both from a point of view of whether it was beginning to slowly impact his own uh, on-field batting performances. And secondly, whether having done so well consistently in recent times in Test Match Cricket, whether the format of uh, thinking on your feet, immediate captaincy that the shortest format of the game requires was something that he was feeling comfortable or less comfortable with. So I think it's a very significant step because in our culture uh, as Indians, it isn't normal really to have multiple leaders in, in a single endeavor, shall we say. And the Indian cricket team, whether they wear coloured clothing or white clothing at the end of the day is the Indian cricket team and a billion plus hearts follow them. So I think it is very, very significant uh, and I think it's actually a very welcome move, frankly. Now, since you say that's a welcome move and Virat Kohli has given up the T20 captaincy, what happens to the ODIs? There is already a lot of debate about whether Rohit Sharma should take up that mantle or not. Uh, when it comes to split captaincy, whether one format, that is the red ball format, should be split altogether from the white ball format. What is your thoughts? Well, you know, to be honest, and you know this, Rika, you've been following the game and other sports for so many years now. Uh, one can never say what the final call is going to be. But if one were to think rationally and logically, then white ball cricket does require a slightly different type of thought process, I would think, than the more strategic uh, aspect of test match cricket. And if you had to split, then maybe the white versus red 
ball is the better split than just the shortest format being with uh, one captain and the other two being with another. In that sense, maybe it's time for Rohit Sharma, if indeed he is keen to do it, then for him to actually lead both the, the T20 as well as the ODI uh, formats, while Virat certainly should continue uh, in the in the test format. I don't believe that uh, there will be any serious issues internally in the team or amongst the players because I think they all understand they are thorough professionals. But whether or not this will happen immediately or will it be a gradual process, that I think time will tell. Prakash, you know, we've been watching all the um, captains, in fact, uh, the captains who are captaining their respective teams in limited overs cricket in from different countries over this period of time during the course of the T20 World Cup. Who has really stood out for you as the one, um, you know, great captain? That's always a tough question, really. <clears throat> I mean, the first name that comes to my mind uh, from a pure leadership perspective, uh, without question, is that of Mahendra Singh Dhoni. Uh, and I say that because he was pitched forked into captaincy in a manner of speaking at a relatively young age, uh, the 2007 T20 World Cup. And he took it up in the format which was then considered to be the least important. Uh, how he graduated into ODI cricket and then test match cricket to become one of the most successful captains, there's no debate. Saurav Ganguly, without question, was another one of India's captains who really, I think, transformed Indian cricket. If one leaves the Indian shores and looks elsewhere in the world, then I have a lot of admiration for Graeme Smith because when he took over the South African captains, he was in his early 20s. Uh, I wasn't around or old enough to know what it might have been for Tiger Patodi when at a similar age, he had to pick up the mantle of captaincy. But I think leadership on a cricket field in particular is something that is, is, is partly inherited. It's something that I believe you either have or you don't. And as the game has progressed and changed, I think the ability, like in any other endeavor of life, to carry your players with you, to seek their counsel and to benefit the team through that mechanism is the one key quality that people who become successful leaders have consistently displayed. And I think some of the names mm-hmm. have all shown that. Steve Waugh, you can't miss uh, talking about leaders in cricket without talking Steve Waugh. Mike Braley, we go, go back a longer time. Not necessarily the best player in the team, but certainly one of the very best captains world cricket has seen. What about the current set of international captains? Who really stands out for you? I think Kane Williamson. Uh, Kane Williamson, without question, stands out for me because of the way he leads the team. There is a, a gentle calmness to his leadership. Uh, there is, in fact, between Kane Williamson and the sporadic uh, captaincy of uh, Ajinkya Rahane, I actually see a lot of similarity. They are understated cricketers. Uh, Kane Williamson has immense respect from his team players. And I think without being hurried or without necessarily having a very outward show of emotion, he is able to marshal his resources uh, very, very well. And, and we saw that with Rahane in the latter part of the Australia tour as well. I was actually very impressed with Bavuma uh, leading the T20 side for South Africa. I must confess, I did not know much about him, but the way he handled himself both on and off the field. And that's another important thing, isn't it, Rika, that... 
off the field today cricket like all other international sport has become very very important so i think uh, if one were to just look at the current crop babar azam i think we'll learn very quickly from what he said yes i was about to ask you about babar azam and owen morgan as well yes absolutely so so again two very very uh, interesting individuals who are leading their respective teams babar azam will learn i'm sure that what he said yesterday was probably not what he meant in the way it came out what he meant essentially was that we dropped a catch we dropped a catch not hasan ali dropped a catch because what you do in a team sport is you either win together or you lose together uh, and i think those are the qualities that he will pick up to add to his outstanding batting ability on morgan again somebody who has redefined white ball cricket hasn't he for england i mean england looked like a team that played white ball cricket with a with a copybook formula in front of them and owen morgan just changed it completely after the debacle in in australia way back when morgan has molded the white ball team into a a team of fearless warriors yes they lost in the semi final but they lost playing the same band of cricket which has taken them to such heights in in international cricket for england you know you've spoke about team sport dynamics and how it is always about us and not about me or an individual player i quite like the way virat kohli stood up against the trolls who were trolling mohammad shami what what did you think no absolutely i think look you know it's it's very very unfortunate whether it is hasan ali who's being uh, you know vilified in in uh, local pakistan uh, press or social media or what happened to mohammad shami after that game against pakistan uh, it is first of all completely abhorrent there is no place in sport for this kind of vilification whoever it may be and whatever may have happened that said to your specific question i think virat's maturity uh, over the years his uh, his demeanor in dealing with situations off the field his relative degree of openness in stating his mind i think all came through in that statement personally i would have actually liked it to be even a few hours earlier than it actually came out but maybe there was a certain procedural aspect of both the icc as well as the bcci that he had to take care of and maybe that's about why that whole it took episode while coming but it was an outstanding statement saying that you cannot and you will not pick on one of my team members you will then with all of us and that's what mm-hmm. happened in england that's what happened in australia also when one or two people were pulled up by or, or you know they were vilified by crowds or by the opposition uh, the team came together under their leader and said you you say something to one of us you're saying it to all of us that is the way to lead you know that really leads me to the question how important does the role of a leader in team sport and in international cricket and now the team sports now become in this day and age of look a, a leader's role in any endeavor be it a a, a cricket team or or a corporation or a department or the police or wherever in life you look where you are leading uh, a team of people men and women i think if you are not willing to do what is needed in terms of the basic tenets of leadership giving respect to getting respect respecting the dignity of the individuals providing clear direction on what 
is to be done what is the goal what is the aim that is to be achieved giving roles to individuals and saying this is what i expect you to do this is what i expect the other person to do this is how we will sort of paper over or build against some of the weaknesses we have and this is how we will lift the the strengths many times leaders have a choice to select a team where they look for specific ways in which individual members of the team together become much stronger than just the cumulative total of the individuals that form the team so that they can present a front which is very strong very united and has all the bases covered but above all i think the most important thing at least for me has been to earn the love and respect of the people you lead and give them the same amount of care as you would expect for yourself walk the talk as they say don't expect anyone to do something that you are not willing to do for them prakash you very fondly spoken about virat kohli and about ajinkya rahane now let me ask you a little bit about rohit sharma indian selectors now are handing over the reins of limited overs captaincy to rohit sharma do you think it's a it's a long term thinking or it's a short term goal something they're looking at till 2023 because that's when we have the next yeah it can't be very long term can it i mean much as i wish that rohit sharma has a as a very long and successful career in international cricket uh, none of these guys are very different in age from each other whether it's virat rohit ajinkya or anyone else or ashwin who might have been in another another setup might have been a possible candidate but the fact of the matter is therefore that it will be something that i think is relatively short term and depending on how long uh, rohit's own uh, willingness and interest and performances continue uh, it could be something that could carry on for a, for a bit but you're absolutely right i think the first goal will be the next world cup i do think he will continue beyond that for a few more years how long is difficult to say because you don't really want captains to change very often you want a degree of steadiness look at we talked about owen morgan we talked about you know the way dhoni led the side you talk about steve war these folks led teams for a length of time and were able to mold the sides some in their own sort of form and some just by inspirational leadership to be able to make them world beating sides no you know ravi shastri said while parking that this uh, team will go down as one of the best teams in the history of cricket how do we in in what way now do we judge the team because the team has not won a single icc trophy uh, under virat kohli what really are the yardsticks you know i i recall the time that uh, ravi uh, took over the the sort of uh, leadership and in in the backroom staff as the head coach or cricket director whatever they were called uh, after the anil kumble episode after the champions trophy in england and i think one of the stated objectives that both virat kohli and ravi shastri had said was that we want to become a very very strong touring side we believe test match cricket is the epitome of test of uh, cricket and we want to particularly do well there even as we play the other formats but winning overseas was one of the big tasks this team took upon themselves and therefore if you use that as an yardstick then they have done very very well yes if you use how many icc titles did uh, dhoni win and how many has virat won there is no debate that you know virat did not succeed in that goal but was that really an objective 
or was the objective to say we want to have uh, the ability to perform well in in overseas conditions and just from memory with the exception of maybe new zealand where in test match cricket we haven't performed well consistently we haven't won in south africa for a while but we did win test matches uh, the fact is two series wins in australia and a leading position in england with possibly the way to win it when they go back and play again i think this team has shown that what they decided to do uh, they have done well now whether those were the only things they should have decided or should they have had a different set of crew that were playing the limited overs games so that workload management could be better uh, younger people could get more opportunities was selection always the right one or was it a core group that sort of continued and almost got to the point of burning themselves out etc etc those can all be questions we can talk about but i think virat kohli and ravi shastri as a pair fed off each other uh, ravi in his playing days also as we no. remember vikal uh, limited mm-hmm. maybe in his ability but someone very high on confidence i think he brought back to his coach prakash i really have to ask you now since you do a corporate job how many times can you shift goal posts how many times you can set yardsticks because we know best teams are judged on the basis of the number of trophies won the number of titles won the best players you know we call pv sindhu one of india's most successful olympian because she's won not just one but two olympic medals so you know how many times in your corporate job do, do you get to very shift very good posts? question uh, in fact an excellent question rika and i think what happens in the corporate world is that as the global dynamic changes as the environment around you changes you do realign your strategic imperatives or strategic priorities but i will be the first to admit that you don't change strategy every year uh, for example you know when when uh, the world economy goes down businesses will tighten their their belts they will go on to a little bit of austerity some businesses will say this is the time to now go and acquire new new talent or new businesses because this is the time when good people are going to be available so the way you choose to approach a strategic challenge is different but i think for india and this is my opinion the strategic priority of saying we have to go overseas and win and a trophy whether it is the border gavaskar trophy or the mansoor ali khan patodi trophy is still a trophy i don't think icc tournaments alone should be the yardstick just as much as i think that icc tournaments should not be part of the mandate i think they have to be you know india lost the uh, champions trophy final in pakistan in england against pakistan on a very very tight call that can happen uh, the world test championship some would argue the conditions were tailor made for new zealand right there can be lots of arguments about all these things yes playing the finals and not winning is disheartening but i think the broader question that you ask how often do you shift goal posts not very often but when the environment alters then you do need to move your strategic goal posts just the way sort of ganguly did sort of ganguly took over an indian team that at one point in time seemed to be the nice boys of world cricket and he said we are going to play as hard as we see our opponents play right so you do alter your strategy and i think the side is well within its rights to alter its strategy if it feels there is a need to do so Prakash, um, part of the job that a leader does is uh, managing other people's yeah. careers, and in this case, uh, you know, Virat Kohli having not just to manage his own career, 
which probably took a hit in terms of not scoring centuries, but the careers of um, of twelve or fifteen other mates are part of this squad. Now, when you manage such a big family, the question, particularly in these COVID times, is also about how are you managing their mental health? Keeping them in a royal jail all the time is not feasible. So, I think Virat Kohli and Ravi Shastri very early on took a decision of rotating uh, players. Do you think? Rohit Sharma will be able to change uh, things that that has been set as a template by uh, Kohli and uh, Shastri because there is very little room to maneuver. I think in these times. Well, you're right about the the sort of level of maneuverability available. There is a, a limitation. I understand once you pick squads. But the way things are happening now, I think uh, there's there's a lot of leeway as well, right? Nobody now tours with 13 or 14 people. You go with an extended squad. You're able to sort of juggle around players a little bit more. Uh, but to your question of will Rohit Sharma want to and will Rohit Sharma be able to? I think the answer is, first of all, if it isn't broke, then you don't need to fix it. So I don't think that, that it's it's a crisis situation that Rohit Sharma is inheriting, not by long, long stretch of the imagination. He's got a great core. This squad has been named for the uh, the first uh, couple of ODIs, I believe. And he's got a lot of the younger blood that has performed well in the IPL to come out and play with him. If he is going to lead the ODI team, he will have time to, to work with the selectors and with Rahul Dravid. Uh, if anything, I think Rahul Dravid being his uh, sort of partner of managing the Indian cricket team will probably allow for a little more of uh, younger blood to push some of the stalwarts because I think it's always good when people who are established know that there's a young Turk who's biting at my heels and I've got to stay on the top of my game. And that allows for a very good blend of youth and experience, also helping a side transition from one to another era without having to go through a big slump. Uh, and I think India are very well placed in that sense because there is no dearth of young talent and there is also a very good core of experienced people. So I don't think Rohit Sharma has a crisis on his hands. But yes, he will have to work with uh, Rahul Dravid as well as the selectors and the BCCI to be able to mould whichever team is given to him in his style, for lack of a better word, just the way he's done with the Mumbai Indians. Now, you may choose to disagree with me on this point, but I see Rohit Sharma's situation as somewhat of Mahinder Singh Dhoni's situation, who inherited a very good team from Saurabh Ganguly, and then he uh, made them into world beaters. Do you think uh, Rohit Sharma, now, with the kind of team he's inherited, he can make them into a side of world beaters? Certainly he can. I, I see no reason to disagree with you at all, Rika. I actually think you're absolutely right. Because if anything, I think Rohit Sharma is inheriting a... Let's limit ourselves to, to T20 cricket for the moment because that's all we know officially. But even if it is all white ball cricket, he is inheriting a side that has shown that we could probably put two international teams uh, into the world arena and neither will discredit the good name of the BCCI. That's the kind of talent that is available. That's the kind of talent that is coming through. In his uh, colleague and, and coach, he has uh, somebody who's nurtured the India A sides, the under-19 sides, the National Cricket Academy. So he knows, Rahul Dravid knows very well where the other 
gems are and what uh, needs to be done for them so i don't see any reason at all for rohit sharma to jettison uh, many of the the players who are currently in the team but i by the same logic i see no reason why he will not uh, support bringing in younger talent which will further strengthen the ability of the indian cricket team before i let you go i'll also have to ask you a little bit about rahul dravid his leadership style because a lot of what he gets to the team will be reflected in how the team performs going ahead and his as you mentioned his partnership with rohit sharma is what is going to determine indian cricket's future tell me a little bit about that rahul dravid's style whether that's going to organically weave into rohit sharma's style of functioning I would actually think that Rahul will will have a very interesting role because on one hand he will undoubtedly be dealing with Virat Kohli as his skipper in red ball cricket and he may have to deal in two formats with Rohit Sharma. Intuitively if you look at the two people Rohit and and Virat I think they're significantly different aren't they? But I think Rahul as in his playing days and as in his capacity as uh, the coach of the under 19 and A teams is such a deep intelligent sensitive thinker of the game and a judge of great character that i think he will be somebody who will be able to manage adjust accommodate coax and cajole whoever he needs to to be able to do what is right for the team remember his short stint as india captain as well when he saw that there was fissures in the setup he quietly and elegantly stepped down he is not somebody who will be unnecessarily confrontational i also don't think he is going to be someone who will take nonsense from anybody because he has nothing to prove to anyone if anything he just has to deliver on the massive expectations that people have but inherently yes he will find himself probably a little bit more similar in thinking to rohit sharma whereas with virat the more maturing virat kohli will i think find a breath of fresh air in dealing with rahul because rahul will be much more the backroom boy and much less the visible uh, person that maybe to a certain extent ravi shastri was you know one of the things i when rahul dravid was uh, being appointed as the coach one of the things i uh, thought and was my observation is that he is going to be a better uh, international coach uh, india coach than he was as a t20 coach because in t20 cricket what you do essentially is manage resources but in a situation like this where you are coaching a country it's more like you're managing careers grooming individuals and do you think in that role rahul dravid will be someone who will be spectacular yeah i think he will i think he will but at the same time remember that uh, the success that ravi and virat uh, kohli got together was also because of the bharat aruns and the sridhars and the uh, you know mamrays or the uh, uh, batting coach thakur now uh, currently all of that staff i think plays such an important role as do the selectors the people who spot talent in the in the different zones in the country when domestic cricket is going on so it's coming together but the database that rahul dravid will have of the talent in the country by virtue of what he's done over the past few years certainly gives him an edge over anybody else in the indian cricketing system to be able to bring that to the fore to the benefit of indian cricket 
and perhaps uh, we as lovers and followers of the game are hoping that this new era brings in the kind of changes and uh, the kind of rewards that we are all hoping for um from uh, rohit sharma virat kohli and rahul dravid thank you very much prakash for joining me on the podcast with such useful and very very interesting thoughts my pleasure thank you for having me